This is the Modern Canadian Shooter Podcast. Highlighting and talking to the people who are a part of modern gun culture in Canada with your hosts, Taylor and Patrick. Yeah, that would be that. You know, it's only a matter of time to like the next iPhone update. Uh, excuse me. Where it's just like, yeah, there's there's going to be some sort of, yeah, where you can adjust the gain on them kind of deal. Yeah, um, the audience isn't just listening to us riff about this, are they? Well, <laughs> we we usually we start off with some sort of like two minute starter, just so it feels like, oh, yeah. just so it feels like they're joining in a, a mid conversation. It's. One of the things oh, I've learned yeah. from listening to okay. podcasts. But anyways, let's get on into it. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Modern Canadian Shooter Podcast, where we talk about things that are modern and Canadian and shootery. And uh, today I'm joined again uh, by Skylar Mowat, uh, who, if if you don't know about him, um, that means you didn't listen to the last episode of the podcast and what he did uh, with Door Gunner Photography and 58 other people, including myself, uh, a couple weekends ago in Prince George. But uh, he, he, he does t- two forms of shooting, both guns, and he's also involved in the film industry, which, uh, mm. yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you take from there, Skylar. Int- introduce yourself to the, to the, to the guests. Uh, well, I'm Skylar Mowat. I'm a stunt performer in the Vancouver film industry, and I also shoot... Just like probably everybody listening here, uh, I've been competing since 2016, 15 or 16, depending on how you count it. Um, and since then, the gun thing has become kind of a, a a specialty of mine in film. So like people know me for that. They know I'm into that. And um, so, yeah, naturally, that's that's definitely shaped my career pretty, pretty strongly because of that. But uh, yeah, stunts is my main thing. So it's a general thing. It involves a lot of martial arts and falling down and basically whatever the job calls for. But they also know you can, you know your stuff with the guns. So you teach actors, help other stunt people not look like shit on camera. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions I had, uh, you know, just thinking about it all is what came first, acting or shooting? Uh, definitely acting, actually. Yeah, I did go to Capilano University for acting for a bit, and then just kind of realized it wasn't my bag. Mm. <laughs> I still do act. I still audition. Uh, but man, it, it just, I guess I was just so the odd man out in university with it. I would, you just feel like you're in a, just like a lunatic asylum. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the theater kid energy was just too much for me. I just couldn't do it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't. Uh, maybe I don't. J- maybe I don't jive with this culture as much as I thought. Uh, but yeah, it was like a good little experiment when I was mm-hmm. 18, 19. Um, so yeah, def- that definitely came before any shooting stuff, though, for sure. Well, I, I as like so I was even though I didn't like I I knew I know how to act i guess because like i took a lot of acting courses and shit and actually the reason why i graduated on the honor roll in high school is because of theater courses um but i can confirm that theater kid energy is just like how do you even explain exhausting. it man? 
exhausting. Oh, exhausting. Like, the like, only way I can describe it. it, it truly, I, I'm just drained. Yeah. I, I'm drained right away. It just, well, just, and also, I mean, it comes with the, you know, with the first name and the type of kids they are, but just the drama and everything. Like, like everything is always a fucking audition. Like, if they walk into a room and they're late on doing their home, I remember, like, oh my God, I'm so late on doing this project. It's like, bitch calm down like you've still got like you know like a day to finish that science homework like nobody's watching in the theater right now there's no scouts here like calm the fuck down oh yeah yeah no they're like performing to each other when they're in large group i've found Mm -hmm. and it's like who can be the loudest funniest person you know what i mean and it's just a competition for volume at a certain point and i'm just like man i just can't do it uh look not to not to shit talk all actors. My girlfriend's an actor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. obviously obviously there's there's plenty of sane ones that are all like, you know, balanced and whatnot. But I would I would definitely say they're the minority. Yeah, I would I, agree. I actors would agree with this, I think. I don't think I'm being unfair. No. Um oh, yeah, being loud like yeah, like Yeah, I, I I yeah, I think that's a fair, very fair assessment, but Oh my god! I'm just going back. Like now that I'm also back in Vancouver, like just back in the hometown, and like just so many memories of high school <laughs> sh- just just flooded my memory there. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So you said, um, yeah. So pr- primarily you do stunts, and uh, if you look on your IMDb, um, like yeah, like you have done some stunts, and you've been on some like big fucking projects. Um, you know, just just to blow you up a little bit. I mean, War War of the Planet of the Apes, um, six, which out of I'm just gonna go off on a tangent for a second because six and Seal Team came out at like the exact same time. Like oh yeah, the, yeah, it, I'm well aware. Yeah, and six had the better name, but I think Seal Team had better writing. Like, mm. like for for. Like like cause six, it's it's such a like it's a, like for, for, it's almost kind of like for those of you that know you know like it was just it was a lot cooler versus like Seal Team is just so like in your face and just spoon feeding to you what what it is. But the one thing I liked about six is that yeah, like the entire second season was filmed here in the Lower Mainland. Like I know you were part of it. Um, one of my good friends, uh, they did they're part of the hair and makeup department. Um, and they were sending me photos all the time. Just like, do you know this actor? I'm like, that's Walton fucking Goggins. What the sh? And like, that's Barry fucking Sloan. <laughs> She's like, yeah, guess what project I'm working on? I'm like, yo, oh, s- yeah. I'm like, steal me some feral concept shit while you're on set if you could. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, we had Captain Price, man. It was the best. Yeah. Okay. Is we had his Captain vo- Price before, before he was Captain Price? Yeah, and then it came out, and then I saw that. Oh, that's Barry. That's awesome, right? Because like we, I, I talked to him at the rap party mm-hmm. and like throughout the show. Like not a ton, because it's like he's still the lead, and I'm just like whoever. But yeah, I, I had talked to him a little bit though. Yeah, nice guy. Is his voice as soothing? Is it more soothing in person than it is over video games and TV speakers? Okay, all actors, and I mean almost all of them, use a fake voice when they act it's not the same voice it's really? not the voice you and i are using right now it's it's almost it's the like the difference is so huge you can't even believe it sometimes 
If you, you hear them in person, I'm not even saying this necessarily, Barry, because, look, he is British, and, like, that is his voice. But mm. is it being put on? Uh, yeah, uh, 100%, for sure. They're all putting on a voice, almost all of them. Like, it is a crazy thing to realize when you actually talk to them and then see them on camera and see the mm. difference. That's not your voice. What are you doing? All I'm picturing now is Barry Sloan with just a prepubescent, whiny, cracky voice. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's the image I've got stuck in my head now. <laughs> yeah. As hilarious as that would be. It's, it's definitely not like that. He's still, you know, he's got a normal voice. It's just not like, go to hey, talk. where's Crafty? You guys know where the Crafty is? Boy. Brother T6, go, go, go and talk. Go and full talk. <laughs> Soap! Go and Crafty. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so. Pretty cool, though. Over, yeah, back to, 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 to movie stuff. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about uh, projects, like big gun movies, you know, I'll, like John Wick is a great example. Um, and we've been seeing a lot of large action film industries, uh, you know, projects. Lately, the actors that are part of them have been going out on their own time and getting familiar and proficient with guns. I mean, like, we look at uh, all the training that um, Keanu Reeves did for, for John Wick. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Will Smith did some stuff for that, uh, for Suicide Squad. But, like, we're, 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 we're seeing actors now, instead of just, you know, having the military consultant or armorer on set, just say, like, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. They're, they're, they're going out and, and training, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, this, is this also, ha- like, do you see this happening on some scale, uh, when it comes to the TV, you know, to the Canadian film industry and the projects that you've worked on? Not quite to the same degree that I would want, I mm. would say. Like, they're not getting a full training cycle mm. in the same way. Like, with Keanu, I mean, he was training, I, I'm not even sure quite how long, but it was for sure minimum three months, probably mm. more. He was probably training for a year before that. So he was just looking sharp right away um as far as i've seen i haven't seen a ton of extensive training cycles where the gun stuff is concerned um i find when it comes to the martial arts like we need this person to do all these fights there's a lot of will there to get them on a training cycle because Mm -hmm. it's understood that that's what they need but i don't think that same understanding always carries over into gun stuff tactical stuff like it's just one of those things you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. what goes into it but they do have some inkling of martial arts they're like well cool they if they're a muay thai fighter we should have them do muay thai for 3 months before we do this movie right makes perfect sense but with the gun stuff they're like well i don't know we'll just have an advisor just kind of tune them up or like they'll it's kind of the seminar mentality like i'll take the seminar and then i'm mm. good to go and Obviously, that's just not how any of this works. But yeah, so look, it's 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 getting there. John Wick's definitely a uh, a big catalyst for the right direction for that mm. stuff. But yeah, is it is it where it needs to be here in Vancouver and TV with the gun training stuff? Like, not exactly. I think there could definitely it could be taken more seriously mm. than it is for sure. But I wonder if part of that too, um, you know. I wonder if, you know, for some actors and, and, you know, stunt performers like yourself, if our Canadian gun laws kind of get in the way of that. Because, like, in the United States, I mean, you know, they have their Second Amendment, you know. Literally, you could go to a gun store and, you like, you know, if, you know, as long as you're NFA, you know, 
compliant and you're not a, uh, a convicted felon, but like, yeah, you could just go to a gun store and shoot on BLM land down there, uh, Bureau of Land Management, which in Canadian terms is Crown Land. Like, yeah, you can just do that. And also a lot more options for training down there. Where in Canada, you know, it's not as big. Like we do have, we're starting to see training companies pop up. Like you have Dragon Risk Management, you have Veritax Solutions, you have uh, Rose Solutions, Phase Line Green. Like there's a, there's a bunch of companies out there, but also like, you know, for an actor, I'm just, I'm, 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 you know, I'm looking at it this way. Like, okay, like you get, you, you get the part and you know, it's going to be a firearm film and you want to train, like, unless you go to like an indoor range or something like that, or you, you hire someone to train you, like it's, it's, it's really difficult when you think about it in Canadian terms. Cause if you get that part, well then, and you don't have your pal and I have to go do your pal and I have to wait, you know, three months to a year to get your license. Like it's, I wonder if, you know, that, you know, to play devil's advocate, if that has something to do with it is the whole Canadian. Oh, it, it's problem. a major impediment. Honestly, um, so to think of it this way, I mean, AR platforms are obviously the most used platform just in general, as well as movies, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so if I'm going to train them on an AR platform, well, I guess you're shit out of luck because they ban those. And I yeah. can't even bring the one I have to the range to show you guys the ins and outs of it. So I'm basically limited to like a gas airsoft rifle or something like that, which mm -hmm. to be fair, it, it gets you you can get pretty far on the oh, 100 i'm yeah it's actually a great tool um but it's just never going to be the same mm -hmm. obviously you can only get so far with that and then yeah so if you need to get them up to speed on things that would be in the oic then you kind of need to now get an armor with their prohibited license and get like it's just the the red tape you now have to cut through is just so much more mm -hmm. right not to mention the cost because you know those guys don't work for free god no no nor nor would i expect them to to either yeah so yeah super annoying and then um you know also actors when they're just looking to to get to, to better themselves in that department i mean having your own equipment goes a huge long ways than even just like uh, taking a couple classes like i it's almost better in a lot of ways just for the familiarity and then once you get familiar then go take some classes from people who know what they're doing like that mm. would be that would be a great way to do it if you could get a pistol an ar that kind of thing but yeah now that's all kinds of fucked up as as we all know yeah. so yeah it definitely it definitely affects uh, the film world quite a bit actually like if they want an ar on set at all let's just say the actor is just taking it apart on a table you know what i mean like mm -hmm. in that scene in the town or something you know what i mean yeah they now need an armor with their prohib license just to stand there and babysit an ar wow. whereas before you could have a props guy with their pal just bring it on and and maybe take it back to the to the armory or something like that but now yeah it's just a lot more expensive and complicated I, I wonder why, I mean, maybe it's just because I wasn't looking hard enough or didn't see it, but like, I wonder why we're not, you know, when it comes to Canada's gun laws, because I mean, like, you think about Vancouver and how much money the film industry, both TV and movie, just pours into the economy here. I mean, it's, I'm literally across the street from three movie studios right now <laughs> at my hotel. Like, I, I, I'm looking at three of them right now. Um, and you know, I think back, back home in Kamloops, like 
there's always a project going on in Kamloops. They filmed a lot of they filmed a lot of big things there. Shit, what did, what did they film? They filmed the A team there. They filmed that one. Um, uh, what's his face? The guy who re- wrote it and stuff like that. Stephen King. He like yeah. They filmed that one series where it's got Alexander Skarsgård and the bed pooper Amber Heard up in that way. They filmed Jurassic Park up that way. Like the I film filmed a lot of stuff in Kamloops myself. Oh yeah, yeah. like they, they, for anything desert, anything arid. It's they filmed awesome. there. Yeah. yeah, not to mention they got this spooky sort of like abandoned town. Padova? Yeah. Yeah. They, okay, is that what they call it? That's, yeah, so anyway, that, I, shot, yeah. I shot in there. It's it's cool, man. The first thing I thought, I'm like, man, if we could just get in here and play Aerosoft. Oh, you should have been around oh, in boy. Su- of summer 2016. That was... Is it, was that happening? That happened. That was a really rad time. That was oh, the one and only Milsim, Milsim in quotation marks that ever happened there. And then... That'd be great. Oh, dude, it was it was so rad. It was so like, even though like, so yeah, it was Red Dawn, and it was you know I signed up for the Wolverine side, obviously, and uh, we were just getting our just our turds pushed right in for like the first day and a half, <laughs> and then in the nighttime we finally made a lot of ground. Um, but then it was supposed to happen again the year after, but some really sus shit happened, and uh, like really, really sus shit, uh, like. A week before it went on, apparently the owners of the land caught people playing their own private game of airsoft there and tr- like trespassing. And um, then they canceled the event on the um, on the organizers. And then the organizers didn't pay a lot of people back for their tickets. Like some really, really oh, interesting, like, hmm, like oh, the timing of this is... Yeah, the timing of this is quite yeah, but like it was a great field to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've told that one story where like yeah, myself and my buddy Mike and a few of us went into a building that was supposed to be taped off because it was just in it. The best way to describe this building was asbestos farm. <laughs> oh, that was there. That, that was, was there. That... Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of those buildings are old. Like... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be crunching through there. It's yeah. probably not either if i get cancer it's gonna be either from my job the 10 years that i smoked or or going into that building i can narrow it down to those three things who will win but uh, like um with uh like i know when it came to c21 and stuff like that the film industry was a little little vocal about it because that's when it targeted airsoft guns and they and the film industry said like look now like especially for our lower budget like you know you know uh, not, but well, I don't want to say low, but smaller budget. Let's say smaller budget projects, like getting well, an airsoft. All of, them. all of them are using airsoft. There you not go. Even just the lower budget ones, absolutely all of them. Because it's just you know, you know, it's three hundred dollars for an AEG that looks exactly like an AR platform, and then they're talking about you know banning them with C twenty one, and that was the one time I saw the film industry actually speak out and say like, uh, how about you fucking don't because, you know we uh we we need these for props and you've already made it difficult but i i'm wondering why like you know we haven't seen the film industry be more vocal about some of the other things we've ha- seen happen in the past couple of years here in canada like it's i, oh, I, I think if- that's a pretty simple answer it's mm. just a highly politicized subject mm. and film obviously look we we know like there's politics in the film business at at multiple different levels, but mm-hmm. I think it really depends on what department and what level you're at. Mm. That's what I would say. It, like to to most people who are hearing this, it, like they probably have an idea that like everybody 
in film is like left wing and like that's the end of it but the reality of it is actually a little more complex than that you know what i mean like mm -hmm. yeah you i think the further you go up the chain mm -hmm. that is absolutely the case no question but like ask ask the average grip what he thinks of the gun ban and you're gonna get a very different answer <laughs> well and you think that's about all this, i'm saying yeah. camera guys you know what i mean like duncan is a duncan, camera guy. yeah yeah in film so mm -hmm. like there you go it's like they exist they're not all like for it there's a quite a quite a lot more diversity of opinion there than i think is perceived for sure mm -hmm. well and i think about it like what you said too like you know you think about like grips or like you know the more technical skilled hands-on trades of um uh, of the film industry like uh, like i said like i know someone who does uh hair and makeup and they're very pro-gun like and like they you know now that is surprising to me that, <laughs> like for be a minority oh dude like for their you know pre pre-wedding send-off they're like can you bring down all of your guns and we go somewhere it's just like <laughs> i would love to but also like yeah in the fraser valley here there's a bunch of no-go zones for shooting um and define all She's like anything and everything. She's like, I'll, like I'll, I'll pay for ammo, just whatever you can bring. Like I just, I want to, I want to do it. I'm like, fucking first and foremost, like I, like I've known you for, you know, almost 20 years, and I'm just finding out you're very pro gun now. Um, base. but <laughs> but uh, secretly base. Oh, no, and uh, the whole time, and like the end of the ask, like can I bring some of my coworkers along, and it's like they're paying for ammo. Like fuck yeah. Um, we weren't, I wasn't able to do it just because of time constraints and also space in my vehicle. But, uh, but I think, yeah, like more hands-on skills, you know, you could almost do the whole like, well, blue collar versus white collar. Right. Um, you know, it is one of those things. Yeah. It, yeah. It looked just like a lot of things. It definitely, it definitely splits along those lines oftentimes. And then you get those edge cases where they surprise you. Like, yeah. Like with the hair and makeup, uh, lady you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, cause look, do most do most of them in hair and makeup agree with our position on this? Uh, I would bet my life no. I would not think that's a fair assumption. No. I, just based in my experience, and mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is. But, but yeah, like it's just yeah. I, I would really like. To, I think I've I've covered it once before on the podcast. Uh, not to shit on what you do in your industry, but I mean, a lot of negative. Um, what's the best way to say this a lot of negative stereotypes and false facts about firearms come out from from the entertainment industry i mean oh, yeah. uh and you know i mean look at canada's suppressor law why are we not allowed suppressors and silencers in canada um yeah i mean it's like it could it could go a couple different ways yeah definitely mm -hmm. film has played its part in the sense of like making them seem like a totally different thing mm -hmm. than what they are for sure. Uh, I mean, that being said, are, are they effective in that way? Yes. Just not quite as effective as, as film has, has played it. <laughs> and, and it's just like, but that that's no reason for us to not have them. Right. I'm a hundred percent with you. We should have them. They have no right to tell us that we can't. It's just that, yeah, film has, has, uh, injected a sort of like almost propaganda against it like yeah almost unknowingly i, I i'm not even saying they knowingly did this i just think they they hear silence there and they're like well it makes a bullet silent yeah but the well the other thing too is um 
Well, just like uh, I, I just I would really like to see um, just yeah, like it's the film industry instead of because like, yeah, like they, they they use quite frequently guns just for entertainment, and uh, even you know whether it's in uh, you know well, guns are just entertaining. They're 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 fun. Whether you're watching, you know, Keanu Reeves blow away fucking ninety two dudes with actually, if you do a, if you do a, May, a round and a May count, he does the appropriate amount of reloads in a lot of the movies in John Wick. But like it's it's entertaining, or just going out and doing a range day with 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 the homies. You know, it's guns are guns are entertaining. Um, they also carry along with. That's why we're here. Well, yeah. So a podcast about it. This is a podcast about guns. You're being entertained right now. Uh, Obviously, we all agree. Yeah. Like there's, and I say entertaining, I'm not taking away, I'm not making light of the fact that, yeah, they have life changing consequences. If, if you do stupid shit with them, shout out to my boy, Alec Baldwin, um, and the armor (laughs) on the set of the film rust. Oh shit. Oh yeah. We, we, we could talk about that later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, in my personal opinion, it'd be really cool too. And there's, there's a few, there's a few films every now and then where they actually do it, where they actually like promote guns in a good light like i was listening to a review of a movie uh it's the new dave batista movie i think it's a stephen king book um Hmm. i was listening to it on a podcast and that like uh the guys were saying like yeah it's the first time like guns are in a film and they don't demonize it and just and it was like a simple sentence where like there's it's like uh, two two gay family or like yeah two gay guys they have a family and they're in the woods somewhere or some shit like that and dave batista and a bunch of people show up and they're like they give them a Stephen King esque option to make, and then one of the one of the husbands goes like like Where's the gun? And the other one goes like In the car, and like Oh good. Versus like you know like you know uh, you think some movies are like Well like you have a gun? Why do we have a gun? You never told us we have a gun. Like it was just one of those times where they proved like right. Oh no, guns are a very useful tool. But even though I was kind of asking a little bit of the film industry, just you know previous question, um, the one thing I will say that it has done though in a good light like in a, in a in like i will shine a, a good spotlight of love and happiness on it is that how many movies have brought in gun bros together like oh, yeah I, I, absolutely they've done i i would argue that they've done more for us than against us i like, will give you on that net, on net because we're both here in no small part because of movies you grew up with 100 percent yeah, it was movies and video games for me, mm-hmm. and that's like I listened to the podcast you guys did about the airsoft thing, and you guys mm-hmm. nailed it on the head. You're saying that it goes movies, video games, then it goes airsoft, and then at some point you go real, and then at some point you're you're expanding your awareness into okay, I'm getting into body armor, night vision, other preparedness, you know, yeah. uh, food, water, medical. You know what I mean? It just turned. It's just this gateway into the whole thing, and the film people they have no idea what they've been doing mm-hmm. this whole time like they they might they might be railing against us in many ways but they don't understand quite to the degree like how many gun guys they've created i, I think whole time. i think back to like talking to matt mandel where he's like yeah like you know like how many guns he bought because of movies i mean oh, yeah. i mean yeah. shit i mean i look at my type 81 and i got it because you know i wanted an AK platform in Canada, but you know, can't really get one. So I got a type 81 and I got my very yeah. talented mentor from work, uh, to carve the Wolverines logo into the stock. And now I'm going to make like nice. a modern esque red Dawn type 81 platform. Uh, and you That's know, uh, just, I yeah, like, that. uh, who, who out here 
including yourself, Skylar, but all, to our listeners, ha- show of hands, uh, excuse me, who wouldn't want the Blood Diamond Carbine 15 or one of the many like Colt 712s or Carbine 15s from Black Hawk Down? Oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'd, I'd want the Blood Diamond Car 15 and for sure the Black Hawk Down M14. Oh, like, and yeah, 100%. Uh, it's, yeah, it influences so many of our purchasing decisions, or even the decision to even get into it. Mm-hmm. It's just hilarious when you think about it. I mean, I got my GSG 16 because I'm just an MP5 fanboy from from movies, and yep. video games, and you know everything else. Uh, like I I went out so far out of my way just to get the body kit uh from the previous iteration of the gsg you know like back before they got sued by hk and I don't oh know really? you know the whole thing no yeah basically they made they used to, so gsg used to make something that was extremely close to mm-hmm. an mp5 and then they got sued so they had to change it a little bit that so that's sense. how we get the gsg in its current iteration so, but there's a body kit you can get to get it closer to like something that resembles an mp5 more closely and feel mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I wouldn't have done that if it weren't for all the all the movies and video games. I just nerded out on and be like, this thing is just, I don't know. There's just something about it. Well, just... Yeah, I, 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 a buddy of mine owns a GSG-60, and I'm like, dude, you should do an MP5. Like, I can do, like, one of the MP5 kits on it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I showed him photos and stuff like that. And he's just like, and he did the whole, like, jaw hit the ground. Just like, I can make my gun look like that. I'm like, I'm like for 600 bucks, buddy you bet your bit that you can. Like, I forgot how much the kit was, but just like, yeah, and it was the one where it came with, or no, it was a guy selling it on Gunpost. And I think he was selling it with a fixed stock, the Surefire style front, like the, or the, the Surefire flashlight front end. So it looked like, oh, which iteration of MP5? It'd be kind of like your like early 1990s LAPD SWAT style where it like, yeah, I had the halogen Surefire front, flashlight on the front of it. And the guy was selling fixed it for stock, probably fixed stock. Yeah, it was the fixed stock style, and I think he was selling it for like nine hundred bucks. I'm just like, shit. Like, even like for that price, like I'm tempted to get that. Like, I know that Surefire front end is probably like four hundred bucks alone. Like, you're you're basically getting all the accessories yeah, and then pricey. paying paying a hundred dollars <laughs> for the gun. The things we'll do just to be able to do an HK slap, you know, like we'll just go so far for that. It's the only reason why I want to buy a Caltech RDB. It's because you can HK slap it. <laughs> Everything else about that gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's because we. It's really just because we can't have an HK five three. We can't have any HK. Like. Yeah. No, I understand, but I just mean like a like a five five six. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just because you can't have that. Because that's what you would get if that's what you're after. Oh, I'd probably actually no. I'd probably I'd go G three. I'd go I'd go three oh eight. Oh no. I- a hundred percent. So I have had the, so because I'm buddies with the guys at the armory, mm-hmm. I do get into the vault semi-frequently. Jelly. Jelly. And there is some unbelievable stuff in there that just absolutely make any Canadian gun bro just like, just cream themselves. And that in, in, in amongst that is the G3. Mm. So I did have the distinct honor of doing the HK slap on a G3. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Just pure satisfaction. Yeah, I was about to say satisfying. Oh, I, I, I would, I don't know if I could go into a vault like that. Because after that, like, just like everything would be ruined. It's like, all right, you hit peak, man. Like, it's all downhill from here. It, nothing, nothing gets Oh, better. yeah, dude. It, 
ruins you. Yeah, they have a hard time getting me out of there. Plus, I'd be like, "What do you? What do you? What do you mean? You guys said you had eight FALs before I walked in. I counted seven. Oh, this 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 thing picking up, poking out of my shirt, uh, spine brace. I was in a bad car accident years ago. Anyways, who would put a piano there? And then I'd beeline it out of there. <laughs> It'd be oh, so yeah. it'd be so tempting to it would be so hard to fight off the snail in the inner ear that says steal all these. The snail. You can't let the snail win. <laughs> Reach for that cop's gun. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> a buddy of mine is a cop and I've asked, like, if you ever pull me over, you like you 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 know. You know I'm just as a as a joke, I'm reaching for it. And he's just like, Don't, don't. My job sucks enough as it is. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't, dude. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get out of this line of work. Just don't make it worse. <laughs> uh, but so, cool ba- Frank, ba- <laughs> cool Frank, filthy, <laughs> filthy Frank, sick Frank, bro. <laughs> so, back, back to, back to you being a, a shooter in the uh, working in the film industry. So, um, being a shooter and working in the film industry, what is one thing? you would like to see change or you personally would change when it comes to the film industry and guns? Um, well, honestly, the, the whole Alec Baldwin thing definitely kicked in like a negative phase that now has to be overcome. Mm -hmm. So I would say just for starters, they have to get over the Alec Baldwin syndrome Mm -hmm. where they just have this idea like it's just the most dangerous thing you could ever have on set and this is just totally not worth the risk and you know if we can just write guns out of our movies entirely then we should or use airsoft whenever possible it's like they just got to get over that because like the airsoft thing they just add visual effects to the muzzle mm-hmm. thing and they they add you know they add in all the stuff in post and they think it's the same well it's not the same they you can tell shit at yeah and everybody can tell you guys don't think we can tell it, 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 you watch a trailer and it's got CGI uh, muzzle flashes. Like I'm already out. Yeah. Like unless unless there's something else incredibly compelling about the trailer, it's gonna be a negative point in its favor. So um, they just gotta realize that um, a lot of things with stunts and special effects and motorcycles and all this stuff is is many fold more dangerous and has killed way more people in film in the history of film than guns ever have. And mm-hmm. it's not like there's extra rules that need to be uh, invented or or enforced in any way because the current ones weren't followed and that's why it happened. So yeah. everybody's just got a clue about that and just realize how, how amazing it is how few people have been killed in firearms-related incidents in film over so many decades that this well, has been going on. Like, just think about the yeah. amount of shootouts that have happened. It's incalculable. And you and you have like just insanely low uh, injury rate um, when compared against other, uh, it, like literally any other activity on film as well, that far was, as action goes. That was the second death ever in the film industry when it came to firearms, right? It was the second or third. Like the last one before that was Brandon Lee on The Crow, and that was like early, early 90s. And um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if there's been other ones since then, I know those are the major high profile ones. Right. Mm-hmm. And just because I haven't heard of it doesn't mean there haven't been more than that. I just know for sure that whatever the number is, it's so low when weighed against something like motorcycle stunts. Yeah. But they're not going to cut motorcycle stunts ever. No, <laughs> there's no chance. How do they start the last John wick two? 
Motorcycles, motorcycle and horsey stunts. Was it the second one or the third one? Yeah. It was one of the two. Um, the second one, I think. I think, yeah. The second one was definitely, yeah, definitely uh, with bikes. And then the third one, there was horses involved, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but the whole, yeah. the whole Alec Baldwin story, it's not a story of a gun death. It's a story of fucking incompetence and negligence. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, like multiple things have to have to go terribly wrong for something like that to happen. It's like it's no one thing. No, that is failing. It has to be several points of failure for that to happen. And so, the, yeah. And the fact that that yeah, many points of failure happened it only leads to, well, just the best word for it is fucking negligence. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you probably I, heard I me mean, absolutely. And uh, also like Alec Baldwin himself personally is also responsible for pulling the trigger i mean whatever comes out of the gun you're holding you are accountable you're for no matter what happens like that that's just the hard and fast rule with with a real gun or otherwise yep. and also it's not his first rodeo here okay no. he's had decades and decades of shooting guns on film and he's also been a massive hypocrite with the anti-gun <laughs> stuff that he also holds has been super vocal about um you know it's a terrible tragedy, and he should know, he should have known better. Mm -hmm. And he's also a producer on the film where this cascade of terrible things oh, yeah. has has all coalesced into this tragedy. So he's responsible on multiple angles there for sure. So the story I heard, um, just from reading articles online and talking to other people I know that are involved in the film industry, is like this: the movie Rust was just a shit show from the word go when it came to a lot of things, including safety. Like it was like, like I remember reading that like the entire camera team walked off set because of, uh, because of health and safety issues. And then also, um, accommodation issues. And then the production team made a made, printed off a bunch of jokes or printed off a bunch of shirts that were mocking them walking off set and wearing it on set, which is just like the ultimate, like, wow, like you can already tell it's a professional, professional movie, but, the other thing too was the armorer and how she got her credentials was her dad was an armorer. My dad's a phenomenal salesman. I couldn't sell water to a thirsty person. My mother is an incredible, incredible networking person. I have a little bit of that. <laughs> I have a little, but I'll, like my, my mother knows how to bargain and negotiate. I'm not really that good at that either. Like, so like, that's hence why I'm not a fucking salesman or, uh, you know, uh, uh, an executive to some high up people at a company because I don't have those skills. And from what I read, um, that armorer was being very loosey goosey with rules, uh, with the firearms. And one of the things I read in one of the articles is that when they weren't using the guns on set, they were taking them off onto you know, BLM land near where they were filming the movie and plinking with them. So now, and they, and yeah, okay. so now you're contaminating, you know, let's call it quote unquote sterile gun because you're not putting live rounds into it. You're putting live rounds like, like, yeah, there. And then they were bringing them back onto set and you have people who know nothing about fucking guns, uh, you know, handling shit and dealing with the safety of them. And I remember watching the body cam of the cop, like after everything went down and the sheriff's department showed up and like, you know, the uh, sheriff grabbed her, took him, uh, uh, to his 
patrol car and sat her down, was going to start getting his witness statement. And just the lack of professionalism from the armorer, like every, like everything just clicked all that all that one moment. Like so, she just watched a human being get doofed in the chest with forty five long colt, which you could only imagine how fucking violent that would be. Like like that's we're we're oh, talking yeah. like a soda can sized hole probably in someone's chest. Yeah. Um, and the first thing she said to the cop. Well, it wasn't like, oh my god, is she okay? Or like, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe. The first words out of her mouth was, "Well, there goes my career," and it's like, "Bitch!" Like, that's pretty heinous. Bitch! Like, oh my god! And like, if I was that cop, I'd be like, "The snail in my ear is telling me something right now, but I'm not gonna listen to the snail." But yeah, yeah, that's that's obviously super gross yeah and uh i think it's it's definitely shines a light on a particularly egregious case of nepotism in Mm. film too like in an area where it just cannot be afforded Mm -hmm. at all because i look i i i actually don't know what her experience level was but we clearly know that whatever it was it wasn't enough no god no yeah it was clearly totally inadequate uh leading to a tragedy so i the nepotism aspect of it is pretty strong in film in general. The nepotism is massive, uh, but you know, it, it just, you just acknowledge it as um, just a fact of working in film. Right. But there's mm-hmm. just certain areas where it just cannot be afforded in any way. And this is probably a, a clear cut example of that. Yeah. Well, and just, it, it's a real shame that, you know, that Helena Hutchins, had to fucking die because of someone else's yeah nepotism and ignorance and stupidity and negligence like the whole situation like is just very poopy like while it is fun to shit on alec baldwin um because because of his hypocrite uh just how hypocritical he's been about you know gun control and stuff like that um yeah taking someone's life is never fucking cool like it 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 sucks um like and you know he has to live with that for the rest of his fucking life and he witnessed it like firsthand like you can only yeah like i i, I do feel bad for him for that um like that, that that's the one piece of pity i will have for him but you know anyone yeah, well, worth it i mean soul. he should feel bad yeah he should feel bad well did you it's see all so. my favorite was there was more shots fired you know, on Twitter after that whole thing happened. And George Clooney, and this is it's like, you know, George, you make a good tequila, you're sexy, you aged really well, but you just, you know, <laughs> here, I'm, I'm handing you a B emoji right now. You're going to need that to for, for after I give you this aced fucking rating. And George Clooney went on record saying like, yeah, like this could have been simply fit, like this could have been simply avoided if Alec Baldwin wasn't a fucking idiot knew, you know, instead of preaching anti-gun shit, spent a minute or two and learned some gun safety and gun rules like that this all could have been could have been um avoided and then alec baldwin got on the soapbox for a minute and saying like oh well i've been you know 20 or 30 years you know handling guns and on on set and i've never and like i have a system that works and it's never let me down and then george clooney tweeted oh, yeah? something back. yeah that right <laughs> yeah george clooney t- tweeted something back like really then why are we having this conversation <laughs> Wow. Yeah, this isn't the argument you think you're making. Yeah. Right now, r- right now I'm gonna I'm gonna mark it because we're just gonna, like for that George Clooney gets a base rating right there. <laughs> I've marked it so that way I can fucking put the base drop on. It. 
Yeah. But yeah, I guess so, man. Yeah, like regardless if you're pro or anti-gun, I think we can all agree if guns are involved with your job, whether you are law enforcement, military, conservation officer, or in the film industry, learn the four basic fucking rules of a gun. <laughs> and they're oh, not yeah. hard. They're not difficult. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's, I mean, it used to yeah. be more of a thing that was expected to learn when you were a child, and mm. now it's just treated like alien technology that Holy was just going to get up and start blasting people at a moment's notice. So it's treated you know, like the, fucking it, learning it, witchcraft. Culture has to shift back the other way, mm-hmm. right? That's really what we need. Agreed. Uh, but for this to happen in film, it's like they just got to get over this like Alec Baldwin syndrome, where they're just like, oh man guns they're just like they're just gonna stand up and blast people but a finger pulled that trigger so yeah oh no no remember, he said he didn't touch the trigger though remember <laughs> <laughs> wow i guess they do i guess they do just have a mind of their own after all wow i, I just been wrong about this the whole time if it was a sig p320 then i'd like be like yeah you know like jtf2 we'll hear it out yeah yeah we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll listen all right anything else no don't believe it <laughs> I love it when people, maybe if you dropped it. I, I love it when people shit on Glocks. We're gonna take a little sidestep. I don't get don't get me wrong. I love the Sig P three twenty like M seventeen M eighteen platform. I think they're fucking cool. When people be like fuck fuck Glock gang, all my homies that hate Glock. It's all about the Sig at you know three twenty platform. It's just like yeah. Um, can you please give me a list of all the times that the Glock has ha- just decided to go mm, fuck this round in my chamber. The only time I can think of is in a episode, one of the early episodes in season one of The Sopranos. Really? Somebody drops the Glock, it goes off, kills a guy, and it was it was a driving point of the entire episode. And I was losing my mind watching it because I was really late to The Sopranos. This, this I only watched it like last year. I got to get like, on it. I was like, this would never happen. Yeah, that would. I'd be like, nope, I, Sopranos is done for me. <laughs> I mean, if it was any other gun, like. I might grant you guys the idea that this could go off. It just seems too improbable with a Glock. Like, can you smash it against the ground as hard as you can, and it probably won't go off. Well, so there's that one story. Yeah, it was a JTF2 guy or a Seesaw guy. Mind you, they said it was because he was using a holster that it wasn't designed to go into. But apparently he holstered his, his SIG, and then it just decided to fucking go off. So there's that one story. There's another story out of a law enforcement agency down in the southern United States, if I remember correctly. And then the third one, there was a third instance where a kid on YouTube, uh, it was a really good video, and he had witnesses to back up his to back up his statement. Where he's like, yeah, he was doing a steel challenge, you know, kind of similar to like what, what Silvercore does on Monday nights at the, at the range in Langley. Shout out to my boys at Silvercore. Um, but they, uh, so, he was, so he just did his course of fire, and then the course of fire involved him having to holster and then the timer go off again. And so he holsters, his hands are up in the ready position, and then the gun just fucking sends a round off and like sends a round off into the concrete. Like it almost he had burn marks from, you know, and skid like it skinned his leg. Like he had a little bit of, you know, a little wow. bit of tissue damage. Like nothing crazy, right? Just but Boy. and so then every like he had like four witnesses, you know, he had the R you know, he had the uh RO you know, watching it happen and two of his buddies. And they all said the same thing. Like he holstered his fucking SIG P320 and it just fucking sent around. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, you know, what's really frustrating about that too, is it just makes people think 
like who are uninitiated, like, hey, this is a thing that can just typically happen with pistols. Yeah. When it's obviously a extreme outlier with Three most cases. modern handguns. Like this is just like totally unheard of in general. Yes. But this is just a manufacturing uh defect that can happen. But when normies hear that, they're just gonna be like, Oh, yeah. well, that's just what pistols can do now. No, and again, like uh, yeah. we're so we're talking annoying. three cases out of how many three twenties out there? Like there's probably many Well, I'm not even defending the three twenty. It yeah. could be a major manufacturing yeah, well, thing. Guns, I'm yeah. just saying just pistols in general are not prone to this if they're well made most yeah. the time, the vast majority of the time. They don't go for like I think yeah, for ninety nine point nine 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 and I'm gonna keep on saying that for infinity. A few more nines. Yeah, a few more nine nine no. Fuck I sound like that scene fucking glorious bastards with Hitler. Nine nine no. Uh but like pistols won't go off until you touch the fucking trigger. Like that's what they're designed to do. Like and modern pistols are like they do drop tests on pistols to make sure that they fucking won't go off. But like you said, to the uneducated, someone who doesn't know much about guns, they're going to hear, yeah, stories like that and just, you know, there we go. Opinion made. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. I oh, well. Do. Yeah. Uh, Sopranos so, didn't help. What's that? Sopranos didn't help with that Glock episode. <laughs> I can't watch that show. God, now now, now so that they said the Glock goes off just from dropping, like, I don't believe it. Nope. The, 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 like, yeah, just lightly, like, dropped it and just, boom, just killed this driver. And that was the whole plot. I'm like, oh, man. I want to. So my dad used to watch. He used to watch the show, like, religiously, right? And It's a great show. And, well, the fucking comedy in it. Like, I've watched some clips. And, like, like I've watched the one clip where it's just, like, like, uh, we, like Tony's talking to one of the guys, and he's like, he's ex, uh, you know, he's ex uh, KGB. He was part of the interior. Uh, he's part of the what? Like the oh, what did he say? Uh, he's part of the minister of Inter- ministry of interior. Like he's ex this guy, and he's like, hangs up the phone, and the guy's talking. He's like, apparently used to be an interior decorator. Really, he's like, apartment <laughs> looked like shit. <laughs> I still will watch it, and plus, just that way, I have an excuse to fucking yell gabagool at people. Gabagool. Uh, <laughs> so I think we've, we've we've already kind of covered this a little bit. This question, um, but like like we said, like most media outlets try to demonize guns and gun owners. Um, you know, besides bringing um, gun owners together with just like just giving us gun porn, basically, uh, like what are some other things that you have maybe noticed where it does the opposite for the gun industry, where it actually like does good for it. Mm. Yeah, like it's unknowingly. Yeah, I mean, it. Look, when they published that training video, uh, in, when he, when Keanu Reeves was training for John Wick Two, mm-hmm. and that video that you know what I'm talking about, where he's just he's just burning it down. Yeah. At Terran Tactical. Terran Tactical. Yeah. That was a game changer mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, uh, as far as the zeitgeist where guns are concerned. Um. I think a lot changed when that went viral mm-hmm. and, and they just don't know what they did there. Like a lot of people are like, wait, they'd never heard of three gun or like three gun style shooting yeah. before that video came around. Uh, so that popularized that. And yeah, I'm sure I, I'm absolutely certain a lot of people bought guns because of that. Even before the movie comes out. Yeah. I mean, see, there you go. Like, yeah, yeah so, it's I mean, that was a big one. I remember that moment too. Yeah. And look, I came into it around that time, to be fair, too. So mm-hmm. it, it had an effect on me. 
You know, like what year was uh, the John Wick two? Oh, twenty seventeen was twenty fourteen. Twenty seventeen was the and second this one. Twenty seventeen. Okay, so I was already in the game by then, but mm-hmm. still, yeah, I remember, and it definitely made a big impact for mm-hmm. sure. Because even though the first one was extremely impressive in the Fair. gun side of things, there's a noticeable jump in technical expertise between the first one and the second one. One, and you see it all. You see it like he, they showcase it and highlight everything in that tunnel scene where yeah he starts mm-hmm. off with with the ar and then moves to the benelli m4 and then moves to to pistols and stuff like that and it's just like it was almost like all right like if you were to substitute these henchmen for you know idpa or ipsic style targets like like yeah it right. looked the exact yeah. same <laughs> besides all the grunting yeah. and yeah him holding up his jacket to act as you know as, as a you know as a bulletproof barrier <laughs> Yeah, honestly, they probably they they just were like, "How can we make a three gun style stage mm-hmm. into an action sequence?" And they did it. I mean, great. that's very clearly what's happening there. If you're if you're a film guy on the inside and a shooting guy, it becomes very clear to you. You're like, "Well, that's just what they thought." They're like, "How can we mold a stage to the sequence?" Yeah, and it worked out pretty great. I think. I mean, yeah, it's over the top, but that's the point. But it 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 like yeah, like it just it highlighted everything he learned and. I, I'm like, it's back to the video. Like that was the video that eventually like, yeah, it was 2017. And then it's like, all right. Like, and then it was actually, it was, uh, I forgot who it was. Some, it was a buddy who told me, he's just like, Oh yeah. Like we do shit like this at my range all the time. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we do this shit all the fucking time. And he's like, do you want to And yeah. like, you know, he was, uh, he was down here in BC and he's like, do you want to see like photos of me competing and shit like that? I'm just like, fucking what and that's what just like okay this is now on the horizon for me and then what you know i've covered it before but finally got me to get off my fat ass was was you know uh some sort of uh coughing fit that people were getting in 2020 that forced that, <laughs> oh, for, that, that thing what? yeah did something happen yeah so some people started coughing and then old people strangely enough started dying at old age um and then the world shut down because of it so weird Ah, okay cool (laughs) oh fun little fun little side note um did you see what thomas of of yeah thomas simpson posted today for the new class for uh the brutality matches the light infantry division uh no he just he just posted it and it's exactly what it sounds like not only are you carrying your fighting kit but you have to carry a 50 pound ruck on you Mm. What throughout the throughout the stage though? Uh, there's going to be certain stages where you're required to wear it the entire time, and then there'll be other stages where like you'll have to, you know, like you get to take it off. But uh, yeah, man. Um... <sighs> okay, I mean, it's interesting. It's just fifty pound. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, would you not drop it? And and fight well, like he said at that point. Certain parts of the stage where it's just like, yeah, like you, yeah, you'll 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 have your fighting kit on you, so just you know, like your chest rig or your plate carrier, like you know, yeah. your fighting load, and then your pistol and stuff like that. But then there'll be other parts, like I bet you, like for like you know, bay, the Bay One stage where you had to fucking carry the guy on the stretcher, and be like, and also a fifty pound rucksack on your back too, you piece of shit. I bet you that's what he fucking make you do. Mm. Well, remember, that's pretty gnarly. Remember, that's, he's a sadist. Uh, He's, I, look, I, I like where his head's at with this stuff, though. In general, like, wh- am I gonna sign up for that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I look. I'll think about it. I, I have a ruck I can do it with. Like, I'm, I'm set up. It's just like the idea of having to do what we did 
in the previous like this just past winter brutality with with my rock on with my loaded rock on this does not sound like a good time not that i'm there for like everything to be easy and a good time it's just like that's just approaching a point where i'm like i don't i don't know how functional i'd be yeah i but, I, I want yeah, that's my that. that's my mindset too it's just like part of, yeah part of me goes like you had a hard enough time as it was, Pat, you know, with just the plate carrier and stuff like that. Like, maybe let's let's get that down first. But then the other part of me goes, like, do it, pussy. What are you, a little you bitch? You know what's cool, though? Like, maybe you have your ruck on and you have to then get it off. Like, on the beep, you have mm. to get it off. Yeah. And then you can use it to make your hits out of distance at some point. That'd be right. Like, you, yeah. you shoot yeah. off of it. Mm -hmm. Because, I, look, like, I'm. I was never, I never served. Like, I'm just like one of you guys, you know what I mean? So this is all like just me speculating based off what I've learned from various sources. But I believe the idea would be to just drop your ruck to be, to be able to fight light mm -hmm. and shoot off of it if you have to. But like the idea of just like running all around with the ruck on and fighting seems like pretty cumbersome. I'm pre I'd have to talk to my buddies who, you know, do that kind of shit for a living but i'm pretty sure like yeah like if you're able to you know because you want to be you know if you're in a gunfight you want to be as efficient as possible and you don't want to be weighed down by your fucking sleeping system and nine imps yeah, and right. 300 rounds of ammo and you're fucking in on your back um like if it's a day bag that's one thing mm -hmm. if you if you just yeah like if it was like a like a day bag or like a three-day bag or something like some kind of like 55 liter mm -hmm. like a loaded 55 liter that's reasonable like you can totally run around and get the job done with like a loaded sort of like three day bag or something. But like I've got a Crossfire Mark seven just for reference. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like a 110 liter fuck off pack. You know what I mean? Like the idea of fighting with that thing on is not really workable. I'm Googling it as we speak. Oh, yeah. No, that would be very, very difficult to do any sort of. Yeah, like it, yeah yeah i have it scaled be... down a little bit but it's yeah look look you, you do what you got to do but yeah. yeah that would be it wouldn't be easy wouldn't be fun or easy i can tell you that uh so one of the things i've wondered about um because you know on your social media you post you know like the the training you're doing um whether that's firearms or martial arts uh and considering it's you know you're job it's your profession uh so how often are you in the gym training with martial arts and how often are you you know mind you with ammo these days it's more expensive but yeah how often are you out, out and about training uh that's an everyday thing hmm. uh for sure with the martial arts and all that other stuff like for instance my morning this morning was martial arts hmm. right like it just that's it's just an everyday thing i wake up i usually get a, a training like a like a few hours of training in uh, in the morning and then yeah i have my afternoons and yeah i try to get my gun stuff in later on and whatever else i gotta do but yeah that is that is an everyday mm. it that is most days and then obviously when i go shoot like yeah well, i'm not doing martial arts that day because we'll be like way out in the woods somewhere but uh yeah it's a pretty regular thing man i mean martial arts is a highly perishable skill like you absolutely have to be doing it all the time and especially with stunts you have to be proficient in so many different things mm -hmm. like at a general level mm -hmm. that it just needs constant progression and upkeep so yeah so i, I just think about it too like so we kind of talked about like how you got into it 
But so after doing, like you said, like a year at Capilano and just doing the whole like, mm, this isn't for me. So you, you, was it like, did you kind of go like, well, what if, what if I could do something else in front of the camera? Like what led to you do, you know, becoming a stuntman essentially? Um, well, I, my dad has always been a craft service guy in film. Oh, cool. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's like, in between catering, uh, you have breakfast and lunch in a typical film day. You have craft service for every time in between those times and after. And like hot snacks after uh, lunch and things like that. So my dad's always been involved with that. And uh, I met the stunt coordinator. So I've been on and off of sets for that reason. Mm. Right? So I've just been on and off all of these sets. And uh, I met the stunt coordinator of uh, Stargate SG-1. <laughs> Yeah, or I think it was Stargate Atlantis by that point, but it, it it's a little bit blurry because like it start it, it started to be where the transition was happening, and mm -hmm. they shot that show in town, and uh, that's kind of when I got it in my head that that was a job you could have. Mm -hmm. It that's not really when I started pursuing it, but that that definitely planted the seed though. That's when I first heard about it. And then just, yeah, from there, kind of talking to him and like, yeah, well, after, like, how, yeah, what was the, the journey from there? Well, I've always done martial arts from a very young age. So I think just overall, it definitely just, I've just put two and two together. Like, hey, this is, this is a job where I can make this my lifestyle, be gainfully employed, doing what I enjoy, to, enjoy doing. Yes, it's extremely hard to get into because you're just self-employed and you're just, it's about who knows you and what mm -hmm. they know you can do well. And like just building up that trust over many years of like understanding that like you're not going to burn them on something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just sort of logical progression. I'm like martial artist. Uh, this is a job that you could do doing that. And it's still in film and you know, yeah, it just made sense. It just, it just, was the most conducive to my desired lifestyle, I guess. That's cool. Like, and just, uh, you know, just proof to it. Well, like, and I don't, I don't mean to take this away from, from like how you got where you got, but just a lot of film stuff is just who, you know? Um, oh yeah. It, it really, like yeah. I, I have family that are in the, um, the entertainment industry as well. And, just how connections are made and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's just, whether it's just bumping into someone by accident or ending up on a project with them, it's, yeah, like, but it's, it's real cool to hear that, like, yeah, you've put two and two together and made it a very, very glorious four, four. like, okay, I got family. I know, you know, I know this person and I know how to do martial arts and yeah, so with uh, look, that being said that that makes it sound a little more simple than it is like it's not yeah. just like hey like my dad's a crafty guy and that'll get me a job right it's like we saw how well it worked we saw well it worked with armors and rust looping <laughs> <laughs> back to yeah, that exactly. <laughs> yeah i didn't really get that kind of treatment mm -hmm. uh because <laughs> it's i mean you still have to bust your ass trying to prove yourself over many years i was warned from the get-go it's like this will probably take at least five years mm -hmm. of just being around training with guys who are already in there just like hanging around moving pads washing pads trying to volunteer where you can uh just try to throw yourself in the mix like just whatever you can do to just learn mm -hmm. and uh sort of be known and get get to know people 
Uh, that's still a ton of work and it's a ton of grinding, but um, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah, you just got to stick around and just not quit, just like with a lot of things, right? So, like you've been, so how long have you been doing this? Like, what, like what year did you first officially dip your toe in the pool? Oh man, it's it's so hard to calculate exactly. I did my first stunt in like 2015, mm. and that was on Supernatural. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it doesn't mean that I was like regularly working then. Mm-hmm. It just means that's when I did my first stunt. So you know what I mean, so it's, yeah, you're yeah. eight years in now, and like like you said, like you you know, just credit to you, and just with a lot of things in life, you you stuck to it. You 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 kept you you kept yourself in there and. I mean, now it officially is your full-time job. But it is my only job, I'm fortunate to say. That, yeah, and well, just yeah, for anyone who thinks like, oh yeah, like, like yeah, let's just say, well, it's just it's proof with anything in life. Like, good things come to those who not only wait but put their time in too. And just yeah, like knowing I, again, I refer to my friend that is in the film industry. Um, it's taken her years to get where she's at now. And, you know, the one thing with the film industry is that you have to be very flexible with timing and life, and you got to be willing to make the sacrifices and commitments and this and that. Um, but I look at where she's at now too. And like, like she, she looks back at where she was five, six years ago, five, six years ago. And thinks like, yeah, like mind you, she did it. Uh, like she, she did dabbled a little bit before and, you know, in hair in the film industry, then kind of took a hiatus and then came back, but she came back with a fucking fiery, fiery passion. But do they have to do the fucking lawn, fucking lawn care right now? Goddamn! <laughs> uh, for those of you that can't hear it, there's a multitude of weed whackers outside my front door right now. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, just, just like you, she put her time in, she put the fucking effort, put her all into it. And just like you, it's unfortunately what the government's taking their taxes. You know, she's getting taxed on it now. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I've, I'm so going through your IMDb, um, you've done some motion capture work, which that really, really piqued my interest. And I, do, do you want, do you want to say what game? Oh yeah, is, let's do it. Say it, yeah, say let's it. Get into it. Tell, tell them about your experience because we all play video games and we've all played this video game. So tell us about it. Uh, yeah, this is, this is something that is definitely for me in the last few years really picked up quite a bit. Um, and it, which is really cool because I enjoy video games just the same as all you guys for mm-hmm. the most part. And uh, this means – so for people who don't understand what it is, um, there's a space in a studio called a volume which has a grid of cameras that are all facing inward. And you're wearing a like leotard basically um, with these little reflective balls all over the suit that's essentially just tracking your motion and translating that into uh, the game engine uh, so that they can then layer all of their art, other things on top of it to, to present you what you're playing with, right? Um, so, yeah, I think I, I did this. The first mocap thing I ever did was actually uh, a long time before I ever started regularly doing it. It was for Battlefield Five. So cool. And that was at the EA studio, and they just wanted a bunch of mag changes for all these different guns mm-hmm. uh, that just more or less mapped on to... Because, look, they're not bringing in... They did bring in real guns, Dope. but they're not bringing in the actual, like, World War II exact model that they're going to then put in the game. 
they're bringing in like let's say if it has a right side um charging handle then an ak-74 will get you most of the mm. way as far if it has a rock and lock mag and a right side charging handle it's close enough for what they're working with if there's differences they can move it uh so that was cool that was a really cool opportunity um and then basically it just years went by i didn't do any mocap and then there was an audition uh for something gun related where they needed movement and then i just sent in an audition tape and then it just sort of kicked off like i worked regular mocap for like a couple years pretty regularly after that like just back to back which has been which has been amazing um it's just a really cool world where i get to sort of like the film stunts aspect of it being a game enjoyer mm-hmm. and a gun guy all overlap in this world just perfectly and then like i get i get to be a gun autist where it's actually <laughs> appreciated yeah and they actually want to know about this stuff and it's valuable to them i just i look at it from a consumer standpoint uh of video games you know being gun aspie as well um like we'll use the modern the 2019 modern warfare reboot as a perfect example and you know how much we all appreciated the little details whether it's the reloads the the battery of arms the movements all that mind you like they had what's this they had um lucas Lucas bakken yeah like he did a lot of the mocap for it right yeah, couldn't have got a better guy. Oh, 100%. They really pulled out all the stops on that one. They want we want a guy who's going to go twice as fast as the sleight of hand perk. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, they got they got Lucas Bakken. For those of you that don't know who he is, like look him up T-Rex. If you're if you're in if you own guns and you listen to the podcast and you don't know who Lucas Bakken is, um you, you you're 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 lacking. You're sleeping. You're behind. Rethink your life. Yeah, or Lucas, or yeah, Lucas Botkin, lick my butt kiss. Got him. <laughs> but like, it just it makes a gun game more enjoyable. Like when it like is like we're we're playing video gun video games because either a we enjoy it, b we can't shoot the real gun right now because we live in Canada, or c because it's just they're fun to do. And when you just get that little bit of immersion, it's just oh, like like I think of like Ready or Not. Like there is little parts in that game, ready or not, was just like, oh yes, like that's that's fucking rad. Um, Ground Branch is the same way. Um, there's a few things that they could tweak on there. God, I wish I had a PC. These are games that I know what you're talking about. I know they're cool. I just have never they're, played them myself. So they're so yeah, uh, or Tarkov. Escape from Tarkov is another one too. Like like when a game gets the right person who just knows what they're doing. Like it just, you can tell. And then just, yeah, as a consumer, it makes you enjoy it a lot more like to ready or not. Like the, the game, the only thing that's saving the game (laughs) is the, is, is some of the gameplay and just like, or or it's not not the gameplay is, is just the attention to detail. Cause the AI in the game still just makes it almost unfucking playable. The best way to describe playing that game is you're playing against crap ADHD crackheads that are jacked up on four loco and Adderall that know how to 360 no scope wall hack you. That's every fucking AI on there. And it's like, sometimes it's almost borderline unplayable, but then it's just like, no, like they've, and then also you got mods and shit like that, where you can make your guns even more realistic and stuff like that. But just, yeah, the the attention to detail uh, and the motion capture and stuff like that is really good. Um, 
and you know shout out to fucking video game studios for you know i remember do you remember the game medal of honor frontline like 2003 2004 for the playstation 2 i actually don't remember that one frontline medal of honor frontline it like it started off with the d-day mission oh it was that was the game that fucking kicked off guns for me like that's that's that was the original that was the original microdose of the red pill for me back at the age of 13 great game and it was a yeah EA game too. Um, so you have some loyal like if you're loyal to the people that paid you a paycheck, you must go watch the walkthrough, playthrough of it right now. <laughs> um, but I remember watching them doing a little bit of motion capture for it through like because I got uh, on the on the game disc they had some behind the scenes footage shit, and the motion capture was just done by like the game developers and like the staff of the game. But they watched videos and stuff like that of how. Uh, you know, an MG42 crew would operate, um, <clears throat> and they just realize it wouldn't work with their with their staff. <laughs> but <laughs> right away, they're like, "Oh man!" But it was it, performer. But you know, they, it made do. Um, but now we look, yeah, like now we have games that are like they're they're putting in the fucking work, and you know, even though they really, even though these game developers will release us half a game and expect us to pay ninety dollars for it. <laughs> as it requires patch after patch after patch after patch <laughs> at least yeah they're doing that work and I'll, I'll give that to them and that's super cool but like so like what are some of the other projects if you're allowed to say that you've worked on for like doing motion oh capture? yeah probably the most recent thing uh that was big was dead space oh dead space yeah very cool so yeah i did i did basically all the mocap for that as far as like Isaac and his movement and other other little knickknacks in there too and yeah so that was awesome that was definitely uh, I got a good sweat on running grids on that one let me tell you <sighs> they like they had to so for something like that they have to update the entire movement package mm-hmm. uh, because apparently they were explaining to me that on YouTube as soon as a game is released someone will just try and break the movement in the sense that they'll try to get the character to move in such a crazy and natural way that they, it'll just like, it'll just bust the, the movement engine. Huh. I don't know. It's such a weird aspie thing that they're just hyper aware of. So they're like, Hey, we're making our movement. So that's unbreakable. So like these people can't move in such a way that it just like busts the system. Anyway, this is stuff that's kind of hard for us to like get our heads around because when we're playing a game, we're never thinking of this, Yeah, but like think about the way that your camera view is pointed forward and you're moving like back left or something or, or, and then you, and then you turn the other, you turn the stick the other way and then your, your hips are like swiveled in this like crazy unnatural way. Like it's just saying they, some people will be trying to break it in that way. Yeah. So essentially I have to run grids in a lot of these awkward sort of, ways yeah to make the movement happen and like transition so it's like i'm doing the salsa like in the in the studio trying to like just get the movement fluid like it it, apparently it takes a ton of input you just got to run all these different grids uh in every conceivable way imaginable with all these different weapons by the way and in different positions because if it's in crouch yeah whatever then they got that way um but then once the once they run it through the AI program, it just makes it um, fluid. Mm. So when you it just that's what it makes it feel like liquid smooth when you're playing the new Dead Space uh, remake, right? That's I never thought of that. Like we're like yeah, like 
Because whenever I think of motion capture, I just think of like cutscenes and stuff like that. You know, I think of like the cutscenes of like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Two or stuff like that. And like I, you know, I I know that you know because it's acting, they have to do you know a bunch of different takes and stuff like that and yada yada yada. But I never thought of like yeah the actual in-game player-controlled movement when you're trying to make the character do weird weird shit. And now. I mean, for those of you, next time you try to, you know, do some weird shit and make, you know, break your fucking video game, you now have a voice for the victim that you're torturing. So <laughs> think of that, you assholes. The, the victims are the developers that are banging their heads against the wall trying to keep you guys from breaking it. But that's just, yeah, like I never, that, that gave me a new, like, look at that, or just a new um, perspective on it. Just like, like, all right, Skyler, now we need you to walk backwards as a crab while shooting an at4 with your toes <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird job sometimes that's honestly not off the table at all there's no way guys you know we can't shoot yeah. at4 with toes right like oh no someone will find a way to fucking break it and make it the yeah, app so just do it just in case in this look in this game they do it, it's whatever it's an easter egg just do it <laughs> Uh, Dead Space is one of those games. Like I've watched, I've watched uh, Buddy play it sometimes, and I'm not much one for horror and stuff like that. But like just the storyline, and like I've heard, Dead Space is one of those games where just no matter what, like what what you're into for video games, just it it's one of those games where it just it seems that everybody loves it. Like just it, like it, it's one of those games where like oh if you if you like video games, regardless if if it's fruit ninja or tarkov or league of legends like everyone seems to like dead space for some reason so i think that's something i'm gonna have to event just do just to finally become one of those people i'd actually never played any of the previous dead spaces Mm -hmm. um like yourself like i i'd never really been like a like a horror game type of guy but Mm -hmm. the developers were cool enough to send me a code for the game download afterwards like when it came out, which is just awesome. Shout out to them. Uh, and I've been playing it. I'm most of the way through the story, and it's it's awesome. Like the graphics and everything, like the polish of it is awesome. It's really, really well done. Is it it's weird? pretty cool to see it come together. Oh, is it weird knowing that like the player you're controlling was the movement you did? Like, is the, does that ever hit you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is strange. Uh, especially when you see cutscenes of like, oh, I remember shooting this cutscene. Mm. I remember, I remember squeezing through this like these walls of plywood or C stands yeah. or whatever. And yeah, I know it's so funny. Um, One of the questions I had, yeah. I kind of brought it up, um, was uh, like you know, just like when they're doing takes for like the cutscenes and stuff like that, and like you know, they always you know, make it look like, you know, like, you know, they have camera angles and stuff like that, much like you would with, uh, you know, movies and TV. Um, do they, like, I've always, like, just, I'm thinking, like, like Red Dead 2, just, you know, cutscenes and stuff like that. Do they do, is there, like, a specific area, like, or, like, a camera setup where they, they do, like, motion capture from, like, that certain angle? Or do they just kind of do it like, do they just do, like, the whole mocap thing within the entire room with all the cameras and then just kind of figure out the camera angles after? I I think it's a... This is a bit of a technical question okay. for the tech guys, but my, my best guess at that is probably a bit of both mm. because there 
are actual cameras on tripods in the space still getting reference video oh, okay yeah. but you still have the volumes cameras capturing the actual data mm. so how those like where the line between those two things is i'm not exactly sure i'm a bit unqualified to answer the question honestly mm. but it, i would imagine it'd be some version of both so and then just on to that i mean i know you're not a tech guy but when programming a video game like are you using like c plus but not <laughs> Uh, um, so one of the like so back on to, to films and, and TV and stuff like that. Uh, like, what's one project that you've worked out or worked on that just stands out in your mind because the way they portray, portrayed the use of guns was realistic? Oh man, um, honestly, probably the coolest gun show for sure was Six Season Two mm. for me. I mean, it was just so hard to top that as far as gun shows go i mean we're like larping as navy seals mm -hmm. we literally flew around in a black hawk helicopter yeah. like over glaciers and whatnot like just stuff you'd have to pay like ridiculous money to actually go do or volunteer your body to the government for four to eight years right exactly yeah 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 you'd have to do one or one of the one, of the one or both of those yeah to get that to happen so that was amazing and um yeah, they it's it, it's interesting that one because we had legit kit. Mm -hmm. Like they actually uh this company Tatgas out of Utah, which you might be familiar with. Can't say um, they're they're going on yeah, the list. Yeah, Tatgas, they do a ton of photography work for a lot of company, a lot of American gun companies for shot show and mm -hmm. things like that. You've probably seen a bunch of their content without knowing it, probably. but they had a guy from there that rents out all the kit. It is like head to toe legit mm -hmm. kit. That was just awesome. They had, they had a they had a minor selection process to actually get on that show too, where we actually went to a Thompson Mountain Range mm -hmm. and shot blanks. We shot ARs with blanks, and you had this ex dev crew guy just look everybody up and down, like just see like what their basic level of competency is, just mm -hmm. without any input from him. And uh, it's funny you were handing out rifles and whatnot. And he's just kind of quietly watching and see what everybody does right off the bat. And then once everybody's all like lined up, he's like, okay. Like he, so he looked at me and what I did. And so the first thing I did is I adjusted the stock. I'm like checking the sights and all this stuff, just like real quick, yep. you know, nothing dramatic. And he's just like, okay, see, I could tell that a lot of you don't know what you're doing. Cause uh, what generally what you're supposed to do is adjust the stock. Like what this guy did. And I was like, yes, sweet. I'm in. <laughs> I got this shit. <laughs> I know how to adjust the stock. Uh, yeah, so that was interesting. It just we just ripped some blanks up there, and you just wanted to see, you know, how how people handle firing a gun. Do they look natural? All that stuff. So I was like, yes, I was. I've been trained for this my whole life. Well, and that's dope that they had next dev crew guy show up too. Um, just you know, even though the show didn't really do so well in the end, the fact that they had you know something like that just to make it. You know, just just to, to watch over it and make sure that it stayed as close as true as possible. Because I know with the film, TV, film, and yeah, just yeah, film and TV industry, like you can't get a true one to one representation of what organizations or units like that do. It just it, there's a lot of things that you can't do, all and also you can't show because it's you know classified or you know yada yada yada. But yeah, it's well, nor do you even have to. Uh, it's the reason that. A SEAL team succeeded well beyond 
six season two is because look seal team delivered the action consistently yeah they and and look six just didn't do that like i'm sorry there it, was just too much hockey talk oh my god thank you for saying drama that. with this and that and like thank look, you for saying that cares about any of this shit okay they that's not what they're here for no if someone's watching a show called six and they know what it's about that's not what they're here to watch it they're was here to watch what seal team delivers, yes which is like balls out action and look, even if it's over the top ridiculous, like whatever, you just turn your brain off. It's that's the point. Well, and that's why I think the show failed because it would be forty-five minutes of you know a theater piece essentially, and then oh, yeah. five to maybe twelve minutes of actual shooting until, and then it would be like that for the entire season until the final episode or two episodes where it finally, you know, build up to the climax, <clears throat> and then you know, but we're like yeah with SEAL Team just like every episode is more shooty scooty than it is drama at home. And like, I, I, I kind of appreciate what six was trying to do. Cause they just, they tried to show like that, like, yeah, like you just, cause you're fucking off putting foot to ass, you know, in some country that a lot of people won't even know how to spell, let alone know what the capital is. Uh, life and shit still goes on at home, which is it's, it's true. Like uh, the job that I do, like, just because I go to work doesn't mean that a bookmark happens for the rest of the world. When I come back, you know, problems are still there, and they've actually, if not got, if not stayed the same, they've gotten worse. So I do like that, but it's just, yeah, the the, the audience, uh, the, their target audience doesn't want that. We want gear porn. We want feral concepts. We want spiritist <laughs> shit. We want fucking BNVD fourteen thirty ones and GPNVG eighteens and H and K four sixteens. That's what we want. If you want to put a little love story in there too, where you know maybe a guy gets uh, over the pants HJ over his cry precision pants, dope. Like <laughs> right on. But look, it's not that you can't have the at home drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, you do need some of that if it's well done. But it's just it's off balance. It was too much. It, it was, was off just, balance. Yeah, it was way out of balance. I honestly just think that they blew the budget in the first episode. And then they're yeah. like, cool, we got to cool it. We got to cool it for these three, four episodes. Start to pick things up for a couple more. And then, bam, at the end of the end of the season. Just, which is, like, unfortunately yeah. a predictable pattern. Like, yeah. And the first episode, the, the first episode, too, like, I remember that first episode because it was all, yeah, like, again, it was all filmed here in BC. And I remember looking, like, oh, like, I know pretty much exactly where that is. And, like, yeah, there's the Black Hawk helicopter vehicle introduction scene and, like, a lot of cool, like it was a great episode. And I remember thinking like, Oh shit. Like maybe this season, like they're, they've learned from their mistakes from the first season. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll start to see some more, you know, you know, some more shooty scooty stuff. And, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, like you said, they might've blown their whole budget just that little bit too. Cause I'm telling you that's exactly what happened. I, I, well, and I can't imagine renting a black Hawk helicopter for, you know, even a day is cheap to fucking do either. No, there's no way. Uh, I was one of the guys who got shot in that vehicle interdiction scene. Too. Oh, no way. I was one of those like, Albanians who gets peppered in the vehicle. See, I'm going to go back. Like, I was I'm on gonna... both ends of the gun on that day. What's that? Oh, you're both? I was on both ends. Yeah, like I, I, was, a, I was like a Navy SEAL for one second, and then I just hear like, hey, Skylar. And I'm like, what? and I just come jogging over, and they're like, okay, quickly go change. You're going to be an Albanian terrorist. <laughs> Sick. I'm, I'm going to go back. and uh, do, do, you, do you know if that is on any, like if six is on any streaming platforms right now because i want to go back and watch that episode tonight uh it's a history channel show so i don't know if they have their own service Let's or what like look. i couldn't tell you uh six streaming 
Oh no, it's probably going to show up. Yeah, some other. I'll, I'm going to take a look, and if if there is, I'll put it on, on the podcast footnotes of where to go there watch could be it. A YouTube clip, probably. Oh, 100. Like, yeah. If you, just, think if you just YouTube clip that scene, you should be able to find it. Probably a little easier. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Okay, now that's what I'm doing. Yeah, after we're done this, I'm gonna go get dinner, and then excuse me, I'm gonna go look up vehicle introduction scene six. If that's the other, the one thing that pissed me off too is that like I love Walton Goggins, he's such a great actor, and the fact they, spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't watched it, plug your ears for the next ten seconds that they killed him off, like they officially killed him off in the first episode. It's like even though like Walton Goggins doesn't really look like the team dude much, like you know, but you know, looks looks can be de- deceiving and surprising, but yeah, the fact that they they done did our boy dirty like that, uh, just it's like no, come on, he was. Oh, I like I like Walton Goggins and his giant five head and his big old teeth. I just think really they can only get that guy for so many episodes though. Mm. I think it has more to do with that. Like probably probably their deal when they got him was like, okay, I, I'll do this, but I can only do it for this season. So episodes. this is how you write me in, you write me out. Yeah. But that's just how it goes. It's it's not even necessarily that the producers want him gone by the end of that season. It's just what they could do. Well, speaking about, uh, yeah, we're kind of going off topic here, but it's on topic, but off topic. Um, so like speaking about SEAL Team, like the one thing I really liked about that show is um, it got a lot of praise from guys in the community just about how well of a job they're doing and just whether it was gear, movement, this and that. Um, and then, you know, Max Thoreau did a terrific job as Clay Spencer on that show, like did a really great job. And then... Um, he, they, you know, because he wanted to go do this project that they're filming here in Vancouver called Fire Country with Jesus Christ. What a bad show. It's so, I don't know if you watched it, but like, it's so bad. Like, I worked on it. I worked on it. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just, it's, it's so. No, it's fine. It's fine. A lot of things I worked on are terrible. It's so, but like, it's so bad that oh, it's really? good. But so he wanted to put all of his eggs in that basket. And he told, told like, I was reading an article. It's just like, he told the 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 show like yeah kill me off because i'm gonna go put all my eggs in this fire country basket it's just like you fucking idiot like if that show gets a second season i'll be i'll be surprised and it's really hard to bring a character back from the dead like oh <laughs> oh that yeah show. yeah clones or time travel just well, throw that in there it's the I biggest just, cop out i just think of writing. what they could have done like you know like again spoiler uh and then again if you're not watching those shows then means you're probably outside getting fresh air reading books so good for you um but uh yeah like he loses his leg and then like you know he's doing the whole rehab thing they could have just been like hey guys there's an experimental rehabilitation program but it takes place in fucking papua new guinea so i need to go to papua new guinea for a bit but i'll see you guys later and if he doesn't come back then people don't think about it because like oh he's getting rehab but instead they're like no he gets doofed in the chest by fucking paul blart fucking u.s air force recruiting station mall cop Hmm. and yeah, I actually haven't seen a ton of Seal Team, to be totally honest. Like, I have a friend who's obsessed with it, and I've seen it in clips. Like, I, I'm not super familiar with the characters or the story, but I know that they do the action well. It's, this is what I know. It's a good, it's a good show, man. Like, it, it's a good Sunday morning breakfast. Or, like, you know, just like, oh, I've got nothing, you know, I'm bored, want to watch, you know, just turn my brain off for a bit. It's a good show to do that. But then, yeah. The, the I have whole... not seen Fire Country either, to clarify. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. It's so as far as your assessment of it so but, bad uh, you know. like just everything about it is just it's like like it was almost like what's uh what's that program where like people are like i put ten thousand hours of seinfeld 
into uh, AI script writer. AI. Yeah. And like, and then it wrote me this script about Seinfeld. It's just like, how can we make a really cheesy show about firefighters or wildland firefighters, but also make it so that it's um, modern inclusiveness when it comes to people of color and people that are LGBTQ and stuff like that. And like, seriously, oh, like, and it's just like a fucking right. heartless AI scripted. Like there's some of the characters in there where it's just like that you, they put in there so that they could hit their minority checkbox. And it's like, if you were to remove that character from the show, it wouldn't affect it in any way, shape or form. Like they do literally nothing for the show besides to be a token, this person or token, that person. It's really unfortunate because the show yeah. itself has an actual, like it, the, the whole, um, correct you know people that are prisoners working for cal fire is a real thing and it's a real cool fucking program but even cal fire said like we didn't give them our blessing and we really wish they'd fucking stop making the show like they went on record and said that like that's how bad it is Mm. wow yeah Yeah, i mean i think it's a strong concept but yeah Mm -hmm. it's all in the execution right Mm -hmm. great great idea poor execution yeah i think that's the best way to sum it up but (laughs) onto something more positive and uh one of my last questions here um so like you you, you've posted it on your social media and obviously like you know before you go do you know when you're auditioning for a project or something like that they're probably you know the the team is probably gonna do their investigation or not investigation like they're they're gonna look into see uh what kind of skills and stuff you have um so when you're working on a project that involves you know stunts and firearms and martial arts uh, does the directing or production team kind of take input from people like you uh, or like, you know, take your skills or knowledge into consideration when it comes to filming scenes that involve martial arts or firearms? Um, sometimes with the firearm thing, look, it just depends on when they want input. Mm-hmm. I will give it, mm. but it just, I, I have found a lot of times they're just like looking to do what they want to do mm. and I can try and maybe steer things around the edges to be better like where I can in the right way mm-hmm. because I can't just inject myself into all these situations and start trying to like yeah. make it up to my idea of what would look good because I, it's just going to be I'm going to be insufferable to everyone if I do this and start doing that so I just try to I, I, I try to change what and where I can in ways that are, are not going to like totally upset the apple cart mm. necessarily, but it does. It just means I'm only getting a certain percentage of what I would want a lot of the time. But if they're, if they're coming to me with a question, then it's like, cool, here's my opportunity to like give you probably more than what you asked. <laughs> that's, well, that's good to, yeah. I mean, obviously like they're going to have their storyboards and set shots and yada, 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 but it's, it's, it's good to know that they will, ask people that know what they're talking about for for input but on the i I don't think it's enough to just mind you i I don't think they're like i I don't think they're super proactive about like well look you don't know what you know what you don't know Mm -hmm. if you know like that's just one of those things right so if they don't if they don't know something looks like shit then how are they even going to know to ask Mm -hmm. how to make it better um it's not look. It's not always the case, but yeah, could they be more proactive in trying to like seek out that knowledge? Like, yeah, for sure. In a lot of cases, they could be uh, more proactive. I mean, I like I said, I I try and do what I what I can where I can. You yeah. Know? If if props is coming out with an AR that has a ACOG on backwards 
I'm gonna just quietly slip him a little, just like, hey, just uh, you know, give it a little flipperoo there, please, dude. Yeah, just quiet, just, just be quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so frustrating it's when you see that like on that. Uh, on on films and TV where like the EOTech is backwards or the ACOG is backwards, and it's just like, oh yeah, yeah. Did you did you did you even look down the, the site there for a second, bud? Like. <laughs> But I really think all props departments could benefit from just having one like gun and gear autist on hand, like just yeah. in every department. I know this is unreasonable to ask, no, but, but I'm just like, saying if you could have that, man, it would it would go it would go pretty far. I would sure. just to get all the little you know all these little details that we notice. Just you can just yeah. clean up a lot of that. Well, it'll be good. Like I think of like back to John Wick, the gun setups in that. It's just like holy fuck, like that's perfect like the way you have that 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 glock set up just like with the porting on it and you got the surefire x300 on it and the compensator and look at that fucking that ar like you have that you got the flashlight at the fucking nine o'clock on it or three o'clock you know whatever and like you have the pressure pad up top and like oh my god like you yeah and just oh, like everything about it it's, it's little things like that and like i would I mean, I I don't really have any context to really do the job besides that I know how to look at photos on Reddit and Google and, you know, Instagram, but just, you know, a little bit of, you know, range experience being a shooter, but it's just like a job like that, even if it was like minimum wage, like I would fucking do that job. Just like, okay, make sure that the fucking prop department isn't making people look like fucking mouth breathers and just like i think back to what you said um when we had john last time where it's just like when you tell people like move tactically and just how they'll just add a bunch of different steps into you know walking when all and all they have to do is just walk but they'll do sh- weird shit to make them i feel like they look- just tense up when yeah. you say that they think it's they think it's like you're just doing things in a more like i don't know just in a strict way they think they think military, they think tactical, and I think a lot of people just translate that into strict. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, if you know what you're doing, you're actually going to be more relaxed Yeah, because you know what you're doing. You know, the gun is an extension of your body in the same way, like, look, I trained sword also. I have trained uh, more recently, like, Japanese sword stuff, and you see the guys who are really good with that. Mm-hmm. Same deal. It's like an extension of their body, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's just fluid. And that's all it is when you're, you know, comfortable behind a gun, too. But um, I feel like people know when it looks bad to some degree. They're like, "Uh, yeah, but they just can't put their finger on what it is. They're like, I don't know, just like tactical, though. But they just don't know how to explain it, which is fair enough. If you're not initiated, then it's kind of hard to even articulate what that means. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like, uh, I think that job would to first of all also be a really cool job but it would just it make people it'd make our very small fraction of viewership just so happy <laughs> like oh yeah like look at the way he has uh look, look at the way he has his plate carrier set up like that makes that makes sense what, right that's that's the way i do it like right all right oh he's got the cried knee yeah. pads the right in the right direction i don't know how the other guy oh, got God. them upside down but like you got it in the right right on <laughs> look just at least put some kind of uh, fake foam pads in a carrier. Just have something that. in there. That's all I'm asking. Oh my God, is that ever driving me crazy? Oh, me too, dude. Oh, me too. Because it, it's, it's not that hard to fix. It's not that expensive either. No, you could just get like comma pads or something, right? Like what I was doing for Airsoft for a while, I was layering up cardboard. Like I, I just, mm, I took cardboard and like a bunch, yeah, bunch of will. layers and then I wrapped it in duct tape. 
And plus, yeah. that way, if I got shot in the plate carry, you'd fucking hear it too. Because remember, buddies would be like, oh, if you get hit in the plate carry, you can't hear it or feel it. And then, like, have these fucking pieces of cardboard that, you know, if you, if you hit it with a BB, it's all wrapped in duct tape and cardboard. Like, you'd, you'd hear it. But, uh, but like, it, 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 not only does it look realistic, but it also does, like, plate carriers look dumb and floppy if you don't have plates in them. Because, like, they need the plates to, you know, help keep shape and yada 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 yeah. but yeah just yeah little, little. The, yeah we're preaching to the choir i think with we this are. audience i think a lot of people listening to this would know that but i think it 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 perpetuates itself in the sense that a lot of props departments and, and rental houses they they're going based off of movies that they have seen mm. you know and then they saw carriers with nothing in them and they're like okay well it looks the same as that and that was like a huge movie so what are you trying to tell me? You're trying to tell me that that huge movie looked like shit? And I go, yeah, actually, I am saying that. Yeah. Yeah, there's huge movies that have made just terrible props mistakes, right? And they're all making it because they've seen other people make it, and it just, like, becomes a self-reinforcing thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hopefully we can just adjust that over time, you know? It would be pretty cool if, in the new, say, in the new John Wick movie, he was, like, wearing a plate carrier correctly mm-hmm. or something. Right, like that, something like that would go a long way. I don't expect him to do that. It's not probably not going to happen, but it'd be nice. It's, oh, the new, um, the new show, uh, Terminal List, I think was great for terrific stuff like that too. job like, in general. Yeah, I think it was really well executed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every time you have an instance like that where everything's just like they've dotted their eyes, crossed their t's, yeah, it, it pushes the ball in the right direction for that stuff for sure. And it just yeah, well, like. Not only did that show have a terrific storyline, like awesome storyline, um, and apparently they're doing a prequel to it too with the same cast, which very very excited for. You know, Taylor. I was a fan of the book before it came out. I got to read the book actually, uh, but I just oh, the book was like amazing, man. Would highly recommend. I just like how it has BC local boy Taylor Kitsch in it too, because yeah, he's from. Oh, yeah, that's right. He is a BC. He guy. dude. He. Pine, Pine Tree Secondary is where he went to high school, which is one of our rival high schools for where I went. And then, uh, yeah, then he did some time in Kelowna, and now he's he's homies made it. I mean, shit, he played right. Mike Murphy in fucking uh, Lone Survivor, and then uh, yeah, Terminal List and a few like, oh fuck, what was that one movie where oh, I think it was called Assassins with uh, Michael Keaton, and uh, he was the bad guy in it, and he did a really good job as a bad guy. It's like they're like they're like um it's about like CIA like a CIA hit team kind of deal like they're like super secret agents where they go when the when the government wants someone dead they send these guys and uh this one kid who watched a terrorist attack happen and lost everyone he loved decides to like turn himself into a super soldier but then the CIA is like no 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 you're going to do it for us and uh yeah then Turns out, then they could start going after like one of the one of the guys in the program that they're in uh, went rogue and went off the radar, but like not in like a Jason Bourne style. Like he went off in like a fucking full on schizo. Uh, I want to kill everyone role. And Taylor Kitsch played the bad guy in there, and that and he did such a fucking great job in it. Like oh, I might have to check that out. I I, I, I was maybe a little unfair in writing it off when I looked at the movie poster. Like title was cringe. With the, well, okay, yes. The, the title being cringe aside, he has like a terrible pistol grip on mm. the cover. And look, 
maybe it maybe that's just too much to to judge it on but I, in my mind i just mentally wrote it off right away but yeah i might have to i'd have to give that one a chance american assassin is what it's called oh yeah yeah that's the one that's yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah what is it about oh it's about americans that are assassins <laughs> <laughs> oh really oh frick he's what been could a, it be he's been, he, He's, he was an X-Men Origins Wolverine. Huh. He's been, homie's been putting in work. Good for him. Um, yeah. But just to, to wrap it up, we talked about like, you know, times, you know, where like, yeah, like they've asked for your input. Are you able to tell us what's the dumbest request or dumbest thing you've seen on set without outing what project it was? Or like one, just a time that just made your eyes roll so far into the back of your head? Oh man, it's uh, that's that's it's kind of hard to even begin with that. I, I've just <laughs> I feel like my brain's blocking some of it out. But uh, honestly, the thing that drives me so consistently crazy is is r- super low drop legs, uh. like drop leg holsters down by the side of the knee that swivels to the front of the leg, and they run and it goes all everywhere and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so that that stuff drives me crazy. Um, yeah, I mean the dumbest thing is just it's very hard to put my finger on because there's just so much. Yeah, I don't know that that's a tough. I'm kind of put kind of put me on the spot with that one, but uh, it's more of an accumulation of smaller things. Mm. Like there's no like big thing that really jumps out at me right now. This accumulation of little, yeah, the play carrier thing, the holsters, like optics being on backwards, like just stuff like that, just like goofy pistol grips. Mm. Uh, my, my... Sound editing in movies mm. too, I think, goes really overlooked. I think a lot of mistakes get made in the sound edit hmm. in a movie where they're making gun noises where there wouldn't be gun noises. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're making like a like a revolver cocking noise when someone's like pointing a Glock in this direction oh, or something yeah. like that. It, it's just because the editor just doesn't understand this the mechanics of what's going on. Yeah, they just don't. You know, it's just you don't know what you don't know. It's another one of those things. It'd be fun to read the script and see see that it's written in asterisks. There, main character pulls hammer back on Glock. <laughs> <laughs> And it just like that script went in the garbage. <laughs> I th- honestly think I have read that somewhere. <laughs> that is sounding familiar. Oh shit! No. Unfortunately, <laughs> like re- these people, they don't know. They don't know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we we think it's hysterical over here, but if you literally don't know, it's like if I were to start talking about car stuff, like the, how cars work and this or that. Like yeah, I have a couple basic principles in my head, but like I could sound equally dumb if I started trying to write about like the internals of how a car works the car crashes because it ran out of carburetor right yeah yeah exactly yeah i could easily write something like that (laughs) well dude it's we're going on almost two hours here it's been an absolute treat to talk to you again uh yeah but before we bounce uh plug yourself oh uh well i'm just skylar underscore moet on instagram and that's pretty much where everybody goes to find me so yeah that's that's the one you know check it out you know i'm out there larping spreading the good word where and when i can about the shooting community and 
Yeah. Doing my thing. Make sure you buy Dead Space so that you can try and make our buddy that you know that we just listened to try and shoot AT4 rockets from between his toes as he's crab walking to the side. <laughs> and then uh, we'll we'll end like we totally. usually do. Um, yeah, what's a, a skill or some knowledge that you think someone should pick up on? You've already done this once, so uh, now you have to do it twice. Oh yeah, round two. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm always such a shameless like shill for everyone doing jujitsu that I'm just gonna take that opportunity to say that everybody should be doing jujitsu for different reasons. Like if you're a guy, you should just be doing jujitsu because you got to get that out of your system as well as learn practical skills. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most one of the most practical martial arts you could learn. Um. And you'll feel great. You'll get in sick shape probably pretty quick. And also, if you're a lady, I understand that there's probably not a lot of ladies listening to this. But if there are, uh, it's just the the perfect it's it's the only martial art that actually works in a asymmetrical fashion. Like you're actually physically smaller, and you actually have a chance if you're very good at overcoming a larger opponent. Like, jiu-jitsu, that's actually feasible in jiu-jitsu, where it's, say, not if you were to kickbox, like, as a lady against a larger man. Um, so, yeah, I think jiu-jitsu is just great, just for your body, your mind, uh, everything, honestly. I think everybody should just at least just give it a chance. It'll be super discouraging at first. You're going to be like, man, I feel horrible. Like, I'm just getting mauled by these big dudes. But if you can just push through the other side... I promise it is absolutely worth it. Like as a as a lifestyle choice, could be one of the best things you, you do for yourself. And yeah, to the four ladies, according to our analytics, we have four female listeners. You heard it. There you go. <laughs> well, dude, uh, really appreciate you coming on again. Um, and uh, to you, the listener, uh, MCS Podcast, BusyMountainSupply.com, save five percent off your order. We get no none of that money. You just save stuff.